Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to be back, and uh, it's great to come to places where I feel connected. I feel I definitely feel connected here. So, um, just a real quick update. I've got newsletters in the back. Uh, feel free to take one or more. Um, it tells you about our outreach that's happening right now in uh, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. Uh, the capital of Tanzania in East Africa. Uh, it's our first outreach in Swahili, and um, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, as you know, we do media evangelism campaigns where we go into a city, they make a list of 20 to 30 of the best testimonies from their culture, people's lives transformed by the gospel. We do 25-minute documentaries on each one of those people's lives, we purchased television time on secular television for a whole month, uh, as well as radio, billboards, newspaper ads, all kinds of advertising. Um, we set up a call center because at the bottom of each life story on television, secular television, prime time, there's a, uh, a cell phone, uh, phone number, there's a phone number and, and a website. The phone number is connected to a call center, so we train hundreds, many places, thousands of people to staff that call center 24-7 during the month long of programming on television. Um, and then we print a book for, for, for Dar es Salaam. It was 140 pages, full color. Uh, it's got 10 of the life stories in it, plus evangelism, discipleship materials, and um, just amazing response. So we, we are at the end of our media campaign there. Uh, as of this la- of, of just a few days ago, the latest number I had was 79,000 calls into our call center. And so all these people are going to be followed up by local churches. We've got 2,000 churches that are working with us in the Dar es Salaam area. And uh, so they are go- doing all the follow-up using our follow-up book. And just very excited about that. Uh, now in just a couple days, at the end of the media campaign... The churches have secured a 60,000-seat stadium in Dar es Salaam, and um, they've invited the president of the country to come, and he has agreed to come to the closing event of our media evangelism campaign. And uh, we don't run it. The churches run it. Churches are in charge. They're going to be doing the preaching and the music and and all that's involved with that, and... uh, I'm sure it's going to be just phenomenal. So anyhow, so take our newsletter. Appreciate you um, following us. If you'd like to follow us on a regular basis, just sign up so that you can get our our newsletter on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to share just a real familiar story from the scripture this morning. This is a... Um, a story you're all familiar with. This is not new territory, uh, but I pray that this morning, as you hear the word of God, uh, the story of Joseph, that it will it will bless you, it will minister to you. You know, the scripture makes clear that these stories have been given to us to give us faith and hope and comfort because many of the stories that are right here in the scripture, are, 
are stories that relate to your life and to my life. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for your word this morning. I thank you for the life of Joseph. I thank you for this, this young man that just, God, just stood so faithfully with you um, in dark times. I know you were there for him. Um, it's not all recorded, but I know you were there. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I pray that you'll be with everyone who is here today in a very special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 37, verse 1. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years of old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. Um, he was a boy with the sons of, of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Israel loved Joseph, or Jacob loved Joseph, more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age. Um, and he made him a robe of many colors, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream. Okay, we're going to stop there. So Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob. Uh, he was the grandson of Isaac. He was the great-grandson of Abraham. He was the son of Rachel, Rachel's firstborn. Uh, Rachel's second son was Benjamin, and she died in the process of giving birth to Benjamin. Joseph is introduced to us when he is 17 years of age here in the scripture. More is told about Joseph than any of the other patri patriarchs that preceded him. More than anything that was said about Abraham or, 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 or Isaac or Jacob. It's kind of amazing, really. I mean, lots and lots of chapters. Genesis 37 to 50 actually tells the story of Joseph. So it's, a, it's a lot, 13 chapters that's just telling the story of one man, this man, Joseph. Um, it covers many years of his life. Um, as, as, as Genesis 37 opens, there, there kind of are three different events that converge. First of all, there's, there's, there's this uh, awareness of animosity and resentment that, that's growing between Joseph and his brothers because Joseph reveals a bad report. He snitches on his brother, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. We don't know what he said. And we don't know what happened. But the Hebrew implies that it was common knowledge. So whatever it was, everybody kind of knew it. <laughs> That's kind of the way it was. And, and so there, there was this resentment uh, with his brothers concerning, concerning Joseph sharing it with his father. Not only that, Jacob, his father, showed uh, great preferential treatment, favoritism towards Joseph. He gave him a coat of many colors. Now, this, this coat was very special. It shouted something. It, it shouted distinction. It shouted favor. It shouted rank. It even shouted inheritance. It shouted all that. And uh, it, was, it was a long coat. It, 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 it went, to his, went, went to his palms and to his ankles. 
and, 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 and it tells us something about Joseph. Joseph was not in labor. He was in management. It's kind of an interesting reality that, that, that Joseph actually, even though he was the youngest of the sons, he worked as a foreman amongst his brothers. <laughs> and I'm sure they resented that horribly. Most, most people, most guys that worked, uh, they had shirt sleeves and, 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 their, and their gown or whatever you call it went to, went to their knees. You know, but here he, he wears this beautiful coat that goes all the way to the floor. Um, and, and I'm sure they just hated this this issue. So this favoritism added gasoline to the fire of already what was already there. And so I mean this is this is a just dysfunctional home. Some of you grew up in dysfunction. You know a lot about dysfunction. Well, th- this is not this is not, you know, home sweet home, everything's wonderful and everything's happy. Uh, it's 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 pretty difficult. And, and there's a lot of partiality being shown. How, how many are grateful that God isn't that way? <laughs> God, you know, God, God loves you as much as he loves anybody. Isn't that wonderful? You know, and, and there's not a sense, well, th- this person's more gifted than that person, so I, I love this person more. This person's more beautiful than that person, so I love this. No, 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 no. He loves us all the same. How many are grateful God loves you? Isn't that wonderful? In spite of all of your, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> God still loves us. Now, now Joseph, the third thing here is, is okay, there's the coat of many colors, and, and then he snitches on his brother. And then, and, then, and then Joseph seems to be very insensitive. He seems to be oblivious. And it may be because of his age. He's 17 years of age. He's a young guy, you know, um, and, 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 and he, 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 may have, he probably was somewhat in, uh, immature at this point and he lacks discernment. His eyes aren't wide open. He doesn't see things clearly. And so he has these dreams. And instead of keeping it to himself, you know, there, there are sometimes when, when God reveals things to us, it's great to share it. But there's other times we need to have an ear to hear and recognize that, you know, we need to be like Mary was, where she, she kept a lot of these things in her heart. She didn't share a lot. Well, it probably would have been wisdom if he would have, you know, because the, these, were, these were very obvious dreams that, that, that spoke concerning his, his brothers actually bowing down to him. You know, and that made a wonderful impression. Absolutely. So, so, so he puts nails in his own coffin by his exuberance and sharing, sharing these different dreams. Now, dream, dreams are, are something God uses. God uses dreams. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying for about eight guys right now that, that are that I've kind of, different people have brought to my attention, young guys uh, that are agnostic, atheist, comes from Christian backgrounds. And, I, I've been, and one of the things I'm praying is that, is that God would speak to them through dreams. Because God does that. You, you know, we, we do satellite broadcasting into the Middle East. Out of our studios in Finland. 16 satellite networks. I mean, this, it's big stuff. Big time stuff. And 
We do a thousand programs a year in Arabic and Farsi and all these all, all these programs. So every day, five days a week, we have people come into our studios in Finland whose first language is Arabic or their first language is Farsi, which is the language of Iran. And and they come into our studios, they preach, they teach, they do music. All of these are uplinked to 16 satellite networks that are targeting the Middle East. The Middle East watches satellite television like probably nowhere else in the world. This is no exaggeration. We get 200,000 responses a month from our satellite broadcasting from the Middle East. And part of the reason is that God is revealing himself to people in the Middle East, unusually through dreams and visions, because Middle Eastern people, because of Islamic background, they believe in dreams. And so God is using that channel to reveal himself to people. And then ministries like ours and others as well are confirming that through the preaching of God's word in these cultures. So that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, so God uses dreams. Dreams are powerful. I mean, you think of Mary and Joseph. Joseph, Joseph had, had such a profound dream that, that he took Mary to be his wife, even though it made no sense to him. You know. Uh, it's an amazing story. So, dr- dreams are powerful, but, but sometimes we need to keep those things to ourselves. So, um, one day Joseph is sent by his father. Now, remember, he's a foreman, all right? And he's sent by his father to check up on his brothers to see how they're doing. They're a long ways away. They're 60 miles away in Shechem. He goes to Shechem. His brothers aren't there. They're wondering. Uh, he's wandering around trying to find his brothers, and finally a guy sees him wandering around and says, you know, what are you looking for? And he says, well, I'm looking for my brother. And they said, well, you know, I think I heard that they left, and they went down to Dotham, which was 20 miles further. So he travels down there, and, and his brothers see him coming. All right, and they they are they are angry at him. They are all upset at him, and 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 they conspire against him. And they say, well, you know, I think we're just going to kill him. Think think we're just going to kill him. You know, Reuben encourages them to finally throw him down in a pit. And 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 his thought was later, you know, when his when his brothers were out doing something else, he'd pull him out of the pit and rescue him. Well, you know, that didn't happen. Before Reuben got back, I don't know where Reuben was, but where, wherever he was, he was gone when, when, when Midianite uh, traders came storming by. And, 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 and the brothers had a great idea. I think it was Judah. He said, why don't we, hey, instead of killing him, we don't make any money by that. Why don't we just sell him? Let's just sell him. And then we'll, we'll take his coat of many colors and put, put, Goat's blood on it, and 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 Dad'll think that that he died. So they sold him to Midianite traders for twenty shekels. Shekels worth about twenty bucks, so about four hundred bucks was the price of a slave. So they felt, hey, we're in good shape. You know, years later, when when they actually go go down. Uh, to Egypt, and, and at the end of the story, um, all these years later, they, they still, it's still, what they did to their brother is still a nightmare to them. Years later, probably 20 years later. Okay, so, so chapter 42. Then they said to one another, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother. 
in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. That is why this distress has come upon us. So, so they still had this in their memory, the reality that Joseph had begged them and said, don't do this, don't, don't sell me. But they did. They did. And, uh, and that, that still was with them all these years later. So, so he, here he's, he's sold into slavery and, 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 and Satan, I'm sure, is roaring in his ears and, and, and his hands are probably tied behind his back and he, he's, he's walking behind camels and, and he's got sand in his teeth and, 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 and he, as far as he's concerned, this is the end of his life. He's going to be sold into slavery. Maybe he's going to be killed. He doesn't know what's going to happen. I'm sure Satan was roaring in his ear and says, what about the dreams now, Joseph? What about the word that you said God spoke to you? What's happening now? So this, this was a time of testing. And it was a time of temptation. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 that we're to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Can we... Can we, just, can we just pray that together right now? Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Temptation is common, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10. There's, there's nothing you experience that's not unusual. It's, it's, that, that is unusual. It's, it's, it's all common to man. Temptation is something that we all experience. And, and, and the scripture is clear in the book of James that, that, that we are to resist the devil and he will flee from us. But we have to, we have to say no to the temptation that comes our direction. And we need to repent. Peter talks about that in Acts chapter three. Repent, repent so that your sins blotted out. I remember I remember a time in my life uh, as a young man. Uh, I'm an old man now, <laughs> but I was a young man once. <laughs> and uh, I was walking in rebellion against God, came, came from a Christian home, wasn't living a Christian life. Actually, I was living a double life. I was going to church, but I, I, uh, I wasn't serving God. And I remember God was faithful to me. Uh, I remember laying in bed at night and praying that I would not die because I knew I wasn't right with God. Isn't it crazy how that, why didn't I just repent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. But I didn't. And, and, and I, I, I kept on resisting God. And one night, one night I was in church on a Sunday night at Philadelphia Church in Seattle, my home church, and, and I was sitting in the balcony, and I was only there because my friends were there, and I had my own car. They had their cars, and we were going to go out afterwards and, and do our thing. And, and I wasn't there. I was there just to get out of the house, frankly. I was, in, I was going into my senior year of high school, and um, I was sitting in the balcony, and there was an evangelist speaking. And as the evangelist spoke, The Lord spoke to me as clear as I'm talking to you right now. 
And he said, Dave, you have a choice to make tonight. You either decide you're going to live for me or serve me, or I want you to walk out that door and don't come back. And it scared me because I knew it was God. The evangelist didn't say that. God said that to me. And I made a decision that day that I was going to serve Jesus. And I went forward and recommitted my life to Christ. But it was a time of temptation. It was a time of testing in my life. And I had a decision to make. I had a choice to make. Joseph had a choice to make. He had decisions to make. Many of them. This is 1900 BC. It's a long time ago. I'm sure that first night, that first night in Egypt was a horrible night for him. It was, it was, it was a combination of humiliation and fear and, 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 and a sense of permanence. I mean, I mean, here he is. He's a slave now. He, uh, he, he, he's, he'd become a slave of Potiphar, who was a, who was a rich guy. He was, he was, he was a part of the army. He was the chief executioner of Egypt. I mean, it was a horrible prison uh, to have to be a slave to. But the scripture says the Lord was with Joseph. There was nothing on the surface that said that. Nothing. I'm convinced that over and over and over again, God must have come to Joseph. Must have come to him in the darkness of night and, 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 and confirmed to him, I am with you, even though everything seems to be against you. I am with you. I am for you. Hang in there. And the Lord was with him. You know, we, we get the wrong impression when we think that, that if, if we become a Christian, if we decide to serve Jesus, everything is going to go wonderful and, 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 and everything is going to be roses and, and, and we're going to get everything we want. And, 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 and how many have discovered that's not the way it is? <laughs> Jesus said in the world, everything's going to be rosy. In the world, you're going to get everything you want. In the world, you, you commit your life to Christ, and your life is going to be perfect. No, he doesn't say that. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. <laughs> In the world, it's going to be tough, but, but, but be happy. <laughs> Not because of, like, that song, you know, Be Happy, which is talking about smoking marijuana. Um, not because of that, but be happy because you're serving Jesus. Be happy because God is with you, even in the dark, even in the worst of times. <laughs> I love that. So, it, you know, Joseph is in the house of Potiphar, and he's hardworking. He's diligent, he's faithful, you know, wonderful characteristics. And, 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 and he just rises like cream to the top. And, and, and Potiphar sees him as, as being exceptional and, 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 and hardworking. And, 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 so, and, and so he puts everything under his control. It's amazing. 
But something else happened. Potiphar's wife got an eye for him. He's a handsome young man, strapping, handsome young guy, 18, 19 years of age, whatever he was by then. And, and uh, uh, she tries to seduce him, and he, he rejects her. He rejects her. He says no. He says no. He says no. How many experienced temptation this week? Raise your hand if you experienced temptation this week. The rest of you are lying. You all experienced temptation. I did. I experienced temptation. It's not a matter of do we experience temptation. It's what we do with it when it comes. Are we going to embrace it? Are we going to say yes to it? Are we going to, are, are we going to wilt under temptation? Or are we going to resist it in the name of Jesus? And he resisted it. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. And one time she catches him alone in the house, tries to seduce him. He tries to run away from her. He gra- she grabs his garment and actually pulls it off of him. He runs out of the house naked, and, 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 and she's, she's got now proof that she can prove that he did something he did not do. Potiphar comes home that night, and she's, you know, drama queen, and, you know, Joseph did all this horrible stuff to me, and it was, none of it was true. Potiphar has him thrown into prison. Not for a day, not for a a week, not for a month, but for years and years and years he's in prison. Maybe up to 13 years he's actually in prison. And you know what the scripture says? And the Lord was with him. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. What must have happened? I was thinking about it during worship this morning. It had to be over and over and over again. God must have come to him. In those times of discouragement, in those times of darkness, in those times where life made absolutely no sense, and said, hang in there, buddy. And I want to say to you, I want to say to you, I want to say to you this morning, hang in there. Don't give up. When life doesn't make sense, when everything seems to be crashing in around you, when it seems that life is dark and you don't have answers and it seems that God is silent, hang in there. So he does the same thing as he did in Potiphar's house. He's hardworking, he's loyal, he's honest, he uses his gifts, and, and in that context, he again arises in the context of the prison, and the, and, and, and the prisoner, uh, uh, actually it was Potiphar, to my knowledge, actually was actually overseeing the prison as well. It's kind of an interesting reality. And, 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 and he actually puts him in charge of the prison <laughs> as well. Kind of interesting story. F.B. Meyer, who was a personal friend of D.L. Moody, he was an Englishman, pastor, author. This is what he said. It's so very sweet as life passes to be able to look back on dark and mysterious events and to trace the hand of God where we once saw only 
the malice and cruelty of man. It's very sweet as life passes to be able to look back on dark and mysterious events and to trace the hand of God. I want you to bow your heads for a minute. Will you do that? Just bow your heads with me. Would you tell the Lord in your own heart right now, I will never let go of your hand. No matter what. I'm yours. And you're mine. No matter how life goes, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to be like Peter who said, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Choices. You have choices. You have choices right now. You have choices today. I will have choices today. I will have choices tomorrow. I will have choices this week. Which way am I going to go? Which decisions are, am I going to make? What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to follow Jesus or I'm going to follow my flesh? And by the way, I always have that choice. What am I going to do? I had that choice this week. It's none of your business what it was. (laughs) But I had that choice this week. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to embrace that or am I going to reject that in the name of Jesus? Choices. Choices when we're in the pit. Choices when we are sold to Potiphar. Choices when we are seduced. Choices when, when, when we are thrown into prison. Choices when life is unfair. Choices when things don't make sense. Choices when it seems that God is not answering. How are we going to respond in the midst of that? Somehow, he guarded his heart. He did not become bitter and resentful and hardened and angry towards God and resisting God. Why do we know that? Because here these two guys come into prison. They're prisoners. They had once been in a place of authority. One was a baker. One was a cupbearer. They're in prison, and they, they have a dream. And, and, and Joseph is not just self-focused anymore. He's matured, he's grown, and, 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 and he's aware of people beyond himself. That's a part of maturity, when you begin to see beyond yourself, when it's not all about me. It's all about me. No, it's not all about you. you know. So we need to learn that, you know. and that's a part of maturity. And, and he had come to that place of recognizing, and, and he saw this baker and, 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 and the cupbearer, and he, he observed that they were troubled, and they were downcast, and they were troubling, and, and, he, and he said, what's going on? What's happening with you guys today? He said, oh, we've had dreams. Oh. You know, and, and, and so what did, what did Joseph say? He could have said, 
man, I know where you're at. I've had dreams too. And they never came to pass. <laughs> he could have said that. Huh? Because now it's years later, the dreams that he'd had weren't fulfilled. But he kept his heart open to God. And so he says, don't interpretations come from God? <laughs> Tell me your dreams. Maybe God will show us. I love it. I love that, that sense of keeping his heart open to God in the darkest of moments. And so he interprets the dream. And as it turns out, the, the cupbearer's dream was positive, and the, and the baker's dream, unfortunately, was not positive. <laughs> the baker was going to get his head chopped off, and the, and the cupbearer was going to be restored. And, and, so, and so Joseph says to the cupbearer, bro, don't forget me <laughs> when you go back. When you go back, remember me. And so the cupbearer is restored to his place, and Joseph is holding his breath. And it's a day. Nothing happens. And it's a week, and nothing happens. And it's a month, and nothing happens. And it's a year, and nothing happens. And it's two years, and nothing happens. Uh, Another disappointing moment. And by that time, Joseph is thinking, I'm in this stinking prison for the rest of my life. This is it. But one day, the king has a dream. Actually, he has two dreams. And the cupbearer hears about it, and he does a dope slap. And he says, I know a guy. He interprets dreams. He interpreted my dream. (laughs) And I'm back working for you because of that. And you know the rest of the story. And I think Pastor Bob actually told the rest of the story, so I caught you up now on the first half. I want to give you hope today. Hang in there. Don't let go. Make the choice today. You're going to remain true to Jesus. Bow your heads with me. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person in this room. We all have choices to make. I have choices to make. They have choices to make. You have a choice to follow Jesus or to follow your own flesh. You have a choice to follow Jesus or to follow Satan. One will lead to destruction if you follow Satan in your own flesh. One will lead to life everlasting 
if you follow Jesus. You have choices to make today. You have choices you will make tomorrow, and so will I. Will you choose today to follow Jesus? I'm not going to ask you to even raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand. This is nothing about me or anybody else knowing. But I'm asking you to make a choice today to follow Jesus in the dark as well as in the light. To follow Jesus when things go well and when things go horribly. To follow Jesus when you get what you want and when you don't get what you want. I will follow Jesus when my back is against the wall. I will follow Jesus when life is tough. I will make the right choices and I will yield to his spirit because I know I can't do it alone. Will you yield to him right now? Will you surrender to him right now? Will you commit to him right now? Lord, we commit ourselves to you right now. We surrender to you right now. We say, God, I will go your direction. I will do your will. I will follow your leading no matter what. Because there is no other way to eternal life but through you. I abandon everything else that pulls me in wrong directions today to follow you with all of my heart in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for receiving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you for the wonderful comfort you give us even in the night seasons, even when everything is dark. And one day, it will be worth it all. In Jesus' name.